This podcast is for mature audiences 18 and over and for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your healthcare provider before pursuing any of our topics discussed. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with Dr. Cat, the place to get play, sex, and nutrition talk straight to your ears. Hey, lovers, and welcome to another episode of Eat, Play, Sex. I'm your sex expert, Dr. Cat. Oh my God, I'm gushing right now. So last night, I was teaching one of my undone women's central yoga workshops in Los Angeles. And I swear to God, the potency of the energy that was created in this space was so insane and incredibly palpable. Like, visualize for a moment a beautiful closed container with these gorgeous, intricately carved wooden beams and candles that were just lighting up the whole perimeter with 30 women who were breathing, sounding, and flowing like liquid through the space on their yoga mats. And if you haven't experienced a class with me before, and if that isn't titillating you right now, (laughs) check out undoneyoga.com for our upcoming schedule or request a class where you live. The only thing that I could even compare it to was with my studies at a tantric school in Thailand, where with 50 women, we practice sublimating or drawing up the energy through our bodies for these more ecstatic and expansive experiences. And Juicy can't even begin to describe what that was like. Now, Everyone has a different erotica map. And we've talked about this in past episodes. We even had Jaya on here who was talking about erotic blueprints. And these maps encapsulate what we see as turn-ons and turn-offs, what we see as erotic, what we see as stimulating. And it's different for each one of us. And that describes best how we move through this world and with our own language to navigate with it all. So today, we're really going to get into the energetic aspect of lovemaking and moving through this world. And I've got a woman who is your ultimate guide through this vast, magical, and ever-expanding world of Tantra and sacred sexuality. Oh, I'm so stoked for this. Sophia Sundari here is to answer some of your questions about the more mystical side of sacred sexuality and what could be possible for you. I even have some questions from our followers for Sophia today that I think is going to really help expand your understanding of what this could look like, what your sex life could look like, what your life could look like. But before we get to Sophia, I want to thank you all for tuning in. And I want to thank you for your reviews, your sweet, amazing, funny (laughs) reviews that help me gain points in the podcast stratosphere. Thank you for sharing with your best friend and your neighbor and your mom. Thank you for letting me know how this info has rocked your sex world. And it's literally my pleasure because my goal here is to help you to eat, play, and sex better. 
And if you haven't already, please head to eatplaysex.com where you can subscribe to the show, connect with me, and read more about how you can uplevel your sex, love, and vitality. <laughs> now, my loves, I'm oozing with pleasurable excitement for this one here. Again, we have Sophia Sundari here. Hi, Sophia. Oh, hi, Kat. This is a really cool <laughs> intro. I love it. I really enjoy listening to you. <laughs> I have such a pleasure introducing myself in the show, too. <laughs> yeah, can't tell. <laughs> I'm like over here. If nobody can see me, but I'll describe you to you the image. I literally bounce up and down and I'm like waving my arms in the air, or like touching myself. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> That's transmission. <laughs> transmission. What? And I want to get into this more. I love that you just said transmission because this is what this practice is all about. And really to introduce you so all of our listeners know you a little bit better. <laughs> Sophia is a mystic, a tantrika, and a writer, and she facilitates courses on tantric and Taoist sexuality and mystical femininity that helps people around the world really remember the power and the innocence of their erotic nature. She's also the author of the book, Liberation into Orgasm, which in the book, she invites us all to experience life in this totally unapologetically, shamelessly ownership of ourselves. So I took Sophia's tantric course for couples online, which made it easy for me to access because for traveling around so much, it was um, everything that I could follow along with her wherever I was. And it was still, I could still feel the palpable energy in each of the lessons and I loved what you said. You used this word a moment ago, transmission. Can you, and that's what I felt in, that, in those courses. Can you describe to our followers what that means? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, actually this is really good to hear from you. And that's what I also hear from my other students because I always felt that transmission. And actually the transmission is a key uh, term for um, uh, working with energy. And whenever we work with Tantra, whenever we work with eroticism, with sexuality, with anything that has to do with the body, actually, uh, transmission is the way to receive it. You know, and then sometimes people, like, you know, I'll give you an example. Like, you sometimes see a person and naturally think that like very gorgeous like uh in the most stereotypical way very beautiful people they they are the ones who are attractive to us but maybe you experience that sometimes people they look like totally beautiful like with totally symmetrical body and face and you just don't feel like coming close to them you just don't feel like approaching them and um there's like there's like a flatness uh to their field so it's like it's not really calling you but sometimes on the opposite sometimes people can be not necessarily striking as totally beautiful but you want to be close to them like there's something like magnetically attracting you into their field and uh to me this is transmission actually this is something like in their radiant field in their energetic field which surrounds their energetic, their physical body and permeates it. So there's something about it. There's something charged. There's something potent. There's something juicy about it. And that's what we want to be close to because that's how we bathe 
in it, and that's how we um, awaken or remember or reignite the qualities that they carry within ourselves. And so that's what uh, we work with in Tantra quite a bit is that whatever we embody, you know, and now I'm training leaders as well, and I'm telling them, look, you should never teach stuff that you just know, but you don't embody. You can only teach stuff that you're actually practicing, that you're actually feeling in your system. Because otherwise it just doesn't work. It's just going to be just like another intelligence conversation about, you know, those kind of high aspects of life. But it's like, it's, it leaves everyone flat and it doesn't make any difference in the world. It doesn't make any difference in other people. Um, but what really matters is to um, bring people into what we embody, into all those places that we already discovered in ourselves. And that's how they receive the transmission and that's how they remember that knowingness inside of them. Because right now, I believe we are past the phase when, you know, it's about the individuals and like looking at those powerful individuals and seeing them as those role models who are showing us the way. I feel like those times are over. What actually has to happen right now is that we help each other remember how powerful we truly are because we recognize that on our own, we cannot do much. If we mm -hmm. want to see this world awaken, if we want to see this world stepping into its power, if we want to see this world magnificent and beautiful and um, conscious, then we want to see that as many people as possible remember their inner power. And so that's what happens with transmission. Like when we invite people into our field, then they actually receive that transmission and they remember their own uh, beauty, their own power, their own intensity, their own depth. Mm. Oh my God. It's like, what, what comes to my mind is when we see somebody or we feel their presence, it's like we experience the possibilities and we experience somebody else giving themselves permission to show up in that powerful way. And we're like, oh, Oh, okay. That is possible outside this realm of what I thought was possible. Yes, yes. And you know, sometimes what happens is that when we see other people uh, in their power, or it's like, okay, someone is taking the stage, someone is stepping forward, someone is really shining. Uh, sometimes um, we can feel this mechanism inside that shrinks. It's like, oh my mm -hmm. god, like, oh, so I have to like put myself smaller somehow. But uh, in the new paradigm, I believe that this we should be taking as a permission, not as something to be intimidated by, but on the contrary, like when you see a powerful person, know that it's actually a permission. If they did, it means that you also can do it. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. The, uh, this, was, God, this was a month ago, I think. I came back from... Uh, from Bali and China. And I just came back just like, like bouncing around and like radiant and all that stuff. And I, and I triggered a couple of women and it was something that I didn't know about except through somebody else. And what this other person told me, they're like, you know, this is what, what is being experienced that you're, you're coming across as intimidating. And then they also followed it up with don't stop. It's, you know, like when we show up in this, in our power, when we show up in our embodiment, in this playfulness space, we're going to trigger people. And, and it's not for us to, you know, dim our own light, but keep showing up in that way. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the, as much as you try to be accommodating and polite and all proper, there will always be people who are getting triggered if you dare to speak your truth, if you dare to show up in the world. So mm-hmm. you know, it's better to show up fully than try to give some kind of polished, uh, comprehensible version of ourselves. <laughs> Right. Which is what I love about your writing. Your writing is so unapologetic and you're like, Hey, this is me. Sometimes this is how I experience, you know, myself and my emotions and how I show up in the world. And I'm not here to necessarily be a role model, but to, to show up as me. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, as you're talking about, well, maybe I should back up a little bit because <laughs> I'm sure that there's listeners on here who are unfamiliar with the practice of Tantra. Could you explain to them what the tradition of Tantra looks like and specifically how it relates to sacred sexuality? Because I know it's, it's very vast, this practice. Yeah, yeah. Well, Tantra is uh, something that is very deeply misunderstood in the modern world because most mm-hmm. people just associate Tantra with uh, sex or mm-hmm. eating other chocolate or some <laughs> kind of wild thing where we all dress as animals and go into orgy. Or, <laughs> Wait, or, you, you mean that's not it? That's not- <laughs> <laughs> Well, the thing is that um, Tantra is a a path of self-mastery or a path of uh, life, uh, a system of of self-development, a spiritual path, a path of discovering the divine, but not in a way that is isolated from life. You know, like traditional mm-hmm. spiritual uh, paths, they are normally inviting us to kind of separate ourselves from life, from temptation of life, and be in solitude and do the inner practice and prayer and be like in the kind of abstinence and uh, kind of certain uh, distance from normal life. And in Tantra, it's very um, um, radical because it actually invites us to do the same, but be in the world without Mm -hmm. excluding ourselves from it. So we do pray, we do meditate, we do concentrate and work on our mind and consciousness and expand our consciousness, but we are doing it with our eyes open and in the world. So activating all our senses, activating our capacity to feel so we don't want to feel less, we want to feel more. And the more we feel, the more we are open to pleasure and the more we are open to pain and the more we are open to all the variety and all the different spectrums of life from its darkest darkness to its lightest light. And then how does sexuality tie into all of it? It's very logical because uh, sexual energy is a core energy of life. So mm-hmm. it's... Um, not all of Tantra, but it's definitely at least like 8-10%, which is actually very little. But still, <laughs> it is strong because it is it is what created us, you know. Without uh, sexuality, there wouldn't be any of this possible. We wouldn't be talking right now. Right. There wouldn't be life. Um, so in Tantra, we're not avoiding anything. So we're not avoiding sexuality also. Oh, yeah, I love that. And I think sexuality, just the term of it is so charged and there's so much, you know, blocks and shame around it that it makes sense. You know, if we want to look into liberating ourselves, that would be a major area we would look at. Yeah. 
Exactly. Nowadays, there is just so much distortion around sexuality and uh, so much wounding and so much disconnection and um, like lots of perversion. And all of it is because we, we just didn't learn. We didn't have any sexual education. We didn't learn that it's a natural force that's just moving through us. And it's this unashamed, erotic openness. is It's just a, such a natural expression of life, but we never learned it. So that's why the mind comes in with its ideas and how it should be. And then we are living in the world of people with lots of um, insecurities with, around their body, around mm -hmm. how they show up in sexuality, around relationships, around... Um, basically everything. Some people never experience orgasms. Some people have uh, dysfunctions that they never dare to talk about. Some people never even have sex. Or some people have so much sex that they all they can think about is sex. So uh, all of it is like this unhealthy uh, sexuality. So uh, the invitation is to discover the healthy way of sexuality. And then the more we are in touch with it, uh, the less it becomes a big deal, actually. Mm, wow. I love that. And so you're talking about how we can, uh, you know, take these ancient traditions and apply them to our modern life. Like, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find that it's it's incredibly suitable for modern day humans because we want to access our full potential, don't we? Uh -huh. We want to really show up and uh, serve the world. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, we know it or not, but I do believe that there is a big movement right now that people really want to want to live in a world that is beautiful, live in a world that is powerful, live in a world that is connected. We all want to feel connected. Yeah. So this means that we are actually ready to step into our spirituality and uh, recognize that we are like knows we are spirit embodied that there's no distance between our body and the spirit yeah and then when we recognize we also recognize our power mm. because the greatest power that we can recognize is the power uh, that knows that we actually are powerful when we get out of our own way yeah so it means that um, we are not we understand you know it's actually an intelligent understanding that we are most powerful when we get out of our way which means that we get out of our conditioning we get out of our personal effort to make things happen hmm. but we instead give space for a greater force to move us through us and that's the greatest force that's the force of the universe that's the force of our spirit that's the force of our soul uh, that's the force of the the source of existence yeah, so, and then you perhaps maybe experience sometimes those qualities when you just become really empty and then you somehow get carried. Or, you know, for example, those situations where, uh, like, uh, imagine a mother is seeing her child uh, be almost getting hit by a car. Mm -hmm. And it's like she's, she notices it in a matter of, of like a fraction of a second and then she's already there and stopping the car and somehow like protecting the child just because her reaction is so fast. But it's like, it's not even her reaction. It's like something greater moved through her because it was this, this moment where she didn't have any thoughts. She just, some, something moved through her. What? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yes. 
right? So it can be that case. Or sometimes it's like just, sometimes you, you just say things which you never learned, that you never experienced even, but it just comes through. And it's like, oh, wow, it's just, I just got out of my way. And then that, that things move through. And that's just a sign that the spirit moved through. So yeah. Uh, in this day and age, we recognize that uh, we are spiritual beings and that is our greatest power lives in that recognition. And then using those uh, Taoist and tantric practices, ancient practices um, that are so inclusive of life, that's just an, a natural choice for us to make. And that's why they're so suitable for us these days. Oh, that's amazing. You know, I just had this moment of like, those times where I'm with people and I say something that's like super wise and I'm like, holy shit, I'm so wise. Like, I don't even know where that came from, but you're describing, (laughs) I like to think about that, (laughs) but as you're describing, you know, there's a sense of emptying ourselves. So there is no filtering. It's all this spontaneous, like fluid movement of, of, um, what's like you, like you used, um, coming through and it's not necessarily something that is we're conscious of before we say it, but it's so present in that exact moment. Mm-hmm. How yeah. would you say, how would you uh, describe to people? Cause I, I can imagine there's listeners that are like, well, how do I do this? How do I empty myself? How do I get out of the way? What, <laughs> what, what would some of these practices look like or require of us? Well, uh, it's about coming to the state of uh, meditation. It's about coming to the state of emptiness. And normally what happens when people meditate is that they close their eyes, they sit comfortably, and then the thoughts start going, oh, what did I just do? What did I have to do? What about my nails? What about my laundry? What about my work? What about my... You know, and there's all of this. And then you try to just focus on your breath, and then the thoughts keep coming back. So that's a bit of a waste of time. <laughs> that's not really meditation. But um, uh, state of meditation is like a state that, which we can actually leave. And it's about just uh, noticing the bullshit <laughs> and cutting it off and ongoing. So noticing where we are being dishonest to ourselves and where we are bullshitting ourselves and where we are trapped uh, in our own stuff and the great way to do it like in tantra also that's that's one of the ways how we meditate is that we first do something really dynamic really active for example we do shaking yeah where you just shake your body or you can dance and like put like a wild music and really dance and really shake yourself and and move that energy that's what happens that your energy that maybe it's, it's stuck and stagnant on certain parts of your body and then when you shake it when you move it then it starts to loosen up and then um, they naturally become like once that's done, like I don't know, let's say you take 10 minutes for that, then naturally you just stop and you just stay, yeah? And you just observe what's going on. And mm-hmm. then you will see that there's kind of more space inside, that there's somehow there's more, more space for consciousness, somehow there's more silence. And then um, that's that's what it means to get out of the way, yeah, to come to that place of silence. And normally it's good to to find those ways to shake ourselves, yeah. And that's what I, I'm giving like not one one example now where we can shake, where we can dance, yeah. And then there's this emptiness. But then that's something that we need to do throughout the day. Maybe shaking, maybe it's going for a walk, maybe it's talking to a friend, you know. And sometimes you just empty what you have to say, and then also. Poof, 
suddenly you feel more quiet. Um, so incorporating those kind of moments for emptying ourselves throughout the day, that's how we come to a place where we can actually get out of the way and actually hear the guidance of the spirit that is constantly talking to us. And it's just really up to us to notice. I love that. Wow, that's so powerful. Is this the same thing as, because as the concept of surrendering, because I'm seeing this a lot in articles or especially in the, and in the sex education world, you know, this concept of women surrender, women surrender, but is this the same thing, the concept of emptying or is that different? Uh, well, yeah, there, there are some correlations for sure. I trust that there are two types of surrender. One is where it's a bit more like the polarity of like dominance and submission, we can say. Yeah, so uh, there can be like some people associate that as a surrender where it's like you really like in a relational dynamic, there is one person who is active and directive and mm-hmm. the other one who like opens and follows and allows. It's more mm-hmm. like also that can be referred as like alpha and omega dynamic or masculine and feminine, although these terms are sometimes confusing for people. But basically it means that one is a directional and the other one is following. And that's also, we can play a lot with it and potentially play a lot with it. This is also where we can play with polarity, with attraction. Like mm-hmm. that. and, and that's like interesting to explore ourselves there and notice like how we are in both dynamics like in your life do you take more of the role of directing or are you comfortable in the role of allowing and following as well um, so th- these are interesting things to observe but the, um, there is another type of surrender which is way greater than that and um, uh, ultimate surrender which is uh, basically means that you you find total trust in life. So they really come hand in hand, trust and surrender. And trust, I don't mean the trust that is like, okay, I'm just going to trust someone that they're not going to hurt me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to trust you. So it, and, and then in return, uh, it means that I'm going to expect from you that you're going to be behaving and you're going to be uh, treating me well. Uh, the real meaning of trust, or what the meaning I imply, is that uh, trust, such deep total trust in life, uh, knowing that you are so absolutely loved by life and so cared for and so held by life. So whatever uh, actually happens in your life, all of that is expression of love, even if it's challenging, even if at times you will be betrayed and let down and dropped when you least expected by someone that you least expected from. But uh, in that trust, you know that, well, okay, even if it hurts, you see the big picture and you know that, you know, even when you look back at your life, like remembering those times of really big pain or big collapse or big breakdowns. And then when you look at it and you can see that, wow, actually that was necessary for me. And that was actually a lot universe loving me because I had to break down so that I could rise again and rise much higher than I ever uh, had been at that time. So there's this balance between action and and trusting or or um, non-action, right? Sometimes we're yeah. more dynamic and sometimes we hands off and just allow. 
Yeah, and the key is just to to be in that grand surrender, basically, where you uh, live in such deep trust that you you know. Yeah, there's not it's not about doubting. It's about just listening inside and knowing. Then you will know. You know, when we're honest with ourselves, we know when is the time to act and when is the time to not act. I love that, and it, it's. I think that that concept is such an empowering one for us because how often we can stop ourselves from moving forward or we can get stuck in the controlling stage because we're either trying to force something to happen or we believe that we don't have the power to make something happen so we completely back off and what you're saying is no i am in i am in my fullest power throughout this entire process and things ebb and they flow and i show up in action here and I allow things to, to come to me here, but that it's not, it's, it shows up and manifests very differently than say somebody who doesn't own their power here. Yep. So one of my, one of the followers had asked me about specifically asked me about surrender and, and she was asking me because she felt like, um, her partner was telling her she couldn't surrender. He was like, he was like, I need you to surrender to me, you know, like using these, these, um, hot terms that we hear a lot in the conscious world or, um, in the sexuality world. And she's like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. I think I'm surrendering, but I don't know. (laughs) How would you, so for women who are trying to explore that for them and for themselves, how would you suggest that they embody that or, or what does that even look like for them to be able to better understand? Yeah, well, you know, when you say that, uh, it makes me think of this syndrome that I noticed some people have, is the too much David Data syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love David Data. I totally love his teachings and stuff. But his whole um, thing, is he's a famous tantric author and teacher, and beautiful, like he, his, his work really, really touched me. Then he also said that, of course, you know, sometimes women are more in their masculine, men are more in their feminine, and so on. But still, like there is this uh, thing with a masculine presence and feminine surrender. And then sometimes I see that when people take um, all that really by the letter, then they uh, start to kind of go into a bit of this uh, game. Also, like you know, okay, you're a man, you have you have to give me presence you have to give me presence you have to give me direction and you're a woman you must surrender and then it it puts a lot of pressure on us you know like uh, of course the teachings are not really meaning that but that's how we interpret them and then sometimes we start to demand those things from each other like oh you're a woman you must surrender and of course this will be very very confusing and uh, and confronting it's like oh what does it even mean because th- there are certain like some things you just cannot force like okay like if your partner is giving you a loving feedback that they actually would would love to feel that you trust him more and that you really soften and you really open but then she might this woman she might also have some loving feedback for her partner that uh, she what she needs from him to feel more safe in in that company because when um some people like they I like you, you don't really know if they are there or not, or they, uh, you know, don't really uh, uh, like strive to uh, show up when they tell us they're going to show up. Like, you know, those things, they, they provide safety. And then in that container, then it's, it's easier to open up and surrender yeah, in that relational 
uh, aspect. And, and we need to be really honest with ourselves because we, we need that, yeah, on, on that, for the, the standard parts inside of us. We also need to have certain conditions, like for a flower to blossom, it needs to be watered, it needs to be touched by the sun. Yeah, and if this is not there, then it's like, mm, it's not that easy. But then uh, when, you know, as I was speaking before about this ultimate, the big surrender, that doesn't depend on anybody. That doesn't depend on your partner. No one can demand it from you. Uh, you know, it's just really your relationship with, with you. It's your relationship with life and how deeply can you really find that trust in life. And, you know, it's not a linear journey. It's not that you just, you arrive there. It's like, okay, I'm there. I fully trust life. I'm totally in communion with my spirit and I'm just there. It's not really like that either because sometimes it will be like this. Sometimes you will need to really go and break down and then again lift yourself and remember that and again leave us that. Other times you will forget. And it's like, it's not, not a linear journey. It's like the, we are going through cycles and uh, we just have to be honest with ourselves where we are at. Hmm. I love that. That's very beautifully said. And <laughs> um, I, I, I also feel like this is a, it's a co-creation, right? The system of, you know, surrendering or having a strong container that's co-created between um, whoever's involved helps to allow anybody to trust enough to, to relax into that. So there's a lot of, a lot of um, tuning inward. To You've our... been uh, writing lately a lot about the attachment theory, right? Yeah. And, and, that. and I, I read some of your postings and I, and I feel like it's really good stuff to, for us to really understand the psychology and uh, how yeah, we are moving in, in that co-creation. So it's really, it's really, really good stuff to learn. And also then recognize that it's just a, it's one of the models that is mm -hmm. there. It's one of the ways how we function on the personal level. But then we also have a transpersonal level, which is actually beyond that. And then that's, that's the, again, that relationship just between me and the divine, me and my spirit. And that's, that's a whole other thing which doesn't fit into any kind of models. Mm. And yes, and that was actually one of the things that totally transformed my sexual experiences was the practice of transfiguration, which um, for anyone who's not aware is something that we see as transfiguration means seeing something or someone in the most beautiful or spiritual ways. It's, it's seeing the divinity in our partners. And I remember that being a part of your program that you were teaching us to, to see the divinity in the other person and see the divinity in our own selves. Um, can you explain that more and how people can embody that in their own relationships? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that you're bringing this because it's true that it's really a pivotal shift for many, many people because um, here we kind of relax this um, anxiety, you know, we relax this anxiety of uh, wanting life to be a certain way and having our expectations projected on our partners and on life and on other people around us. And um, uh, sooner or later, you find yourself in a nightmare of this personal identity. You find yourself that basically, you know, no matter how good uh, psychological models there are and how well we understand and 
it's, it's really is important to go through this phase of really understanding. And I went very deep in, in psychology and I still go uh, into it. And, and it, it's, it's, it's tremendously good for um, the mind. But then at some point, <laughs> uh, like I feel like the purpose of it, even in studying psychology, is to understand that actually we it's not where we end. It's not where, it's not ultimate truth. Yeah, and we notice that all those systems, they fail at some point, that at some point they just take us nowhere and that eventually it may become just a personal uh, struggle and a nightmare where we're trying to figure things out, understand, understand what do we need, how others should show up for us and when they don't, we get so upset. Yeah, so all of this becomes a nightmare and the only escape from that ni- nightmare is recognizing our true innate divinity. And that's the uh, the goal of Tantra, if we can say that there is any goal, that's the one, to recognize that we are in our essence divine, that it's not some kind of state that we have to arrive to even. It's actually more that we need to do the work on uncovering everything that's hindering, that's hiding that divinity from shining forth. And uh, transfiguration is a practice that brings that. It works specifically on that where you look at your partner or you look at yourself, you can do it in the mirror, Yeah, you can do, do it with a flower, you can do it with a sunset, and you look at that which is in front of you and you see the, the form, you see the physical form, you see, you feel the emotions that are brought up in you as you look at it. Maybe there is discomfort, maybe there is a lot of excitement, maybe there is joy, maybe there is bliss, maybe there is... Um, frustration maybe there's anger anything yeah can be uh, and then you go past that and then you go past that and you go past that and you go past that and you start to source uh, this object or this thing or this being to its origin and its origin is divinity so like this we train like and you will see okay the, the thoughts come and then you drop the thoughts and you go deeper and deeper and deeper and you really start to put yourself into that state of transfiguration where you're like oh, wow like mm-hmm. the wonder yeah wonder seems to be a good portal into that because you get yourself wow but who is this looking at me through these eyes wow but what is this how can these colors be so beautiful wow but what is it really what is it in its essence? And then by letting yourself be touched by that, by opening your heart towards that, then you can be uh, totally uh, discovering yourself in that state of uh, awe and admiration of the divinity that's just right in front of you. Oh my God. Now imagine having a relationship with somebody or making love to somebody where you see them as that or and you see yourself as that, as divine, like, oh how much that transforms our experiences. It's like if we really truly remember how incredibly fucking wonderful we are. (laughs) And, you know, being in a relationship with someone, it also works uh, long-term in that way because when you're doing it for someone, it doesn't mean that you become like oblivious to their personal shortcomings yeah you see those things clearly but you don't make such a big deal out of it yeah Mm -hmm. you see that uh you can open more and that's really a big piece of uh, tantric path and uh real life i have to say like really big life we really want to live this big life we have to prioritize opening 
and mm-hmm. opening beyond our hurt and opening beyond how we get offended and opening beyond our wounding and trauma. And I'm not saying it lightly because it, it is big stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, when we do choose opening as our response to life, then we start to transform our life and we also start to transform lives of those around us by seeing them even maybe they cannot see themselves like that but if you can see that you start to help bring heaven back on earth you start to help bring the true um, beauty of life and into the world of everyone who you're in contact with if, if that's your partner if you're practicing this with your partner you will see that the person starts to transform but the person starts to actually embody more of themselves Mm, wow it's like we we remind them of who they are beyond these layers of and these beliefs about ourselves or past experiences but and i love how you put that you know it's not to necessarily ignore these you know behaviors or things that somebody says or their human experiences because how important it is for us to acknowledge the human experience and you know still own what's okay for us and you know treatment for ourselves so it's not spiritually bypassing it's you know, holding that while also seeing you are divine. And so I want to, um, <laughs> another, another one of the follower, one of our followers, one of our listeners had asked me about, um, Kundalini awakenings and how that is experienced in Tantra or how those come about. And, I remember, well, actually, let's start with with you of how you would describe what that experience is like and how one would would um, practice for that or achieve that. Well, Kundalini is the raw force of life. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what it is. Usually it's depicted in yoga, like a coiled snake at the level of the sacrum or the level of the root chakra. Um, and the um, kundalini like the snake uh, she represents the life force yeah so kundalini awakening means awakening of the life force yeah so uh, totally demystifying this and how does that happen yeah it happens through sometimes it happens spontaneously it can happen absolutely spontaneously it's like uh, i know um, of some cases where a person was just like somehow through grace, you know, somehow that's really the how we awaken, that we can create conditions for it, we can do our practice, we can do our work, we can do yoga, we can do any kind of spiritual practice, devotional singing, whatever it is that we are resonating with, or even reading, you know, studying things, studying um, really spiritual things and, and shifting our conditioning around life and stuff. So we can create those conditions, but actually the um, uh, real awakening happens through grace. And grace is something that is is a totally mysterious phenomena. It's just something that just comes and touches us and transforms us. And then I know some cases where a woman was just uh, in a bus, like she was sitting on a bus and of something that is a moment of vision. And she, all of a sudden, she looked around herself and everything was filled with light. And it was her direct experience. And then she went off the bus and everything was just more vibrant, more bright. And she could feel that she was 
observing herself. She was in life, she was walking, she, there was her body moving, and at the same time she was totally observing it. She was totally detached from you know, any kind of involvement with what was going on. She could see that, yeah, the person is functioning, but at the same time she could see herself as greater than the person and seeing the person from a little distance somehow. Uh, so that's uh, actually an experience of awakening. Other times it can happen and then it can be very scary. It can feel like, wow, the whole body gets on fire. Something that, that mm -hmm. happens with Kundalini Awakening, that uh, there's a lot of fire because fire is a uh, force of transformation. And then um, as Kundalini Awakens, we start to transform and the fire starts to burn the impurities or the conditioning. And the, the conditioning is like on the level of the mind and the impurities can be a reflection of that mind in the body. So that the fire starts to burn and you can feel a lot of heat in your system. And that can be very, very scary. It's like, wow, all of a sudden, like the whole body starts vibrating, buzzing and shaking. And like some people start to really feel like, like uh, um, pain in their belly. Some people start vomiting and <laughs> like that can be all sorts of crazy stuff passing out even. Yeah, like I actually experienced even recently uh, a friend of mine who we were doing some uh, some work, like uh, energy work, and my friend was passing out of my hands. Like I was holding him and, and just the energy would shoot so high up so he would pass out for a few seconds. Whoa, what was that? <laughs> so, but uh, you know, it can be quite dangerous like, because you can pass out and fall and hit your head and stuff. But luckily, like, we were there together so I could hold him. Uh, <laughs> Uh, other times, like, you know, if we do it gradually, yeah, and we really like work on our energy and cleansing our channels and working on our chakras, which is energy systems in our in our body, uh, then we are preparing that ground uh, for the awakening to take place. And then what happens as you awaken that it's like uh, more of your innate capacities become available. It's like you naturally notice that your digestion becomes better, for example, you know, on a very basic level. Like there's more fire in the system. The metabolism starts getting better. Um, you process emotions faster. Yeah, things are moving faster. You don't tend to hold on to the past so much anymore. You tend to really move with life faster. And most importantly, at the level of the consciousness, there is more space in the consciousness. There is more expansion. And you see things in a bigger picture not mm -hmm. so zoomed into like little uh, things that are happening every day, but more like you see the big picture of what is actually going on. So it's this awakening of the consciousness and it also um, comes together with Kundalini awakening. Oh my God. Oh, that's so beautiful. So the experiences can be very vast for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember one experience uh, when I was younger, I was after I'd, I'd been studying Tantra and uh, Reiki energy work, energy work in kundalini yoga and so i ascribe it you know maybe one of those things um or all of them i don't know uh, but i was in i was freeform dancing in this group of people in this gorgeous like costa rican jungle i mean <laughs> it's pretty picturesque but but i remember i was dancing and i was just like going going pretty wild and um all of a sudden my spine started just like undulating and just like was moving and really rapidly like a wave up and down, up and down, up and down. And I wasn't even controlling it. It was just like, I felt this insane surge of energy and, and I was kind of freaked out because I was like, what is happening? But it was also incredibly pleasurable too. Mm -hmm. 
So I don't know. I guess that was I guess that was my form, one of them. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. It's true that it also can come with the, with a lot of pleasure because it's like, um, well, it's sexual energy starts moving through your whole body. Yeah, and it's like you you all the senses start awakening. And actually, in my book, Liberation to Orgasm, I write that orgasm is our natural state. Mm. So, you know, when you awaken naturally into your natural state, then there's much more pleasure and you experience life as much more orgasmic in its essence because true orgasm is basically a state of connectedness. Ooh, orgasm is a type of connectedness. I love that. It's a state of connectedness. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. It's like a like this pure state of presence. It feels like you're mm -hmm. fully there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And then, as I have one more burning question to ask for you, because so much of your work is more is um, uh, you you really touch base again with the meta with the um, mystical side and how it can be practically applied to today. And one of your programs is around the walking the way of the priestess. And I hear a lot that term that's being talked about more and more these days. What does that mean exactly for the, the type of work that you do, that you helped women to walk that path? Mm -hmm. So you, you were cut for a moment, but just tell me if I understand your question correctly. You ask, what does the priestess mean? Yes. What does the priestess mean in your program around, you know, learning to walk the way of the priestess is, as those, those terms are used more and more these days? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, it's uh, interesting that I, I see that uh, there's just such a strong tendency for us uh, as humans to uh label things and start to identify with them and that's what happened with the goddess movement now the priestess thing so now there's like a women who say oh i'm a priestess or i'm a goddess or something like this and i find that this is very i mean it's kind of inevitable but it's a little bit unfortunate because we lose the purity of it's of the word itself because the uh, real meaning of the word priestess is a uh, uh, is an archetype yeah it's an archetype of um, a woman who lives in total communion with the spirit who lives in that trust that we were talking about before, who lives in that state of surrender, who uh, really dedicated her life and service to love uh, and bringing heaven on this earth. So uh, I created a school called Priestess School. It's one of my two schools. And that's uh, specifically training for women. First of all, anchor into that state to really remove everything that is not that. Yeah, everything that is like uh, pulling us to be uh, entangled in our personal stories, in our past, in our um, yeah, like uh, kind of personal gain in life. And then, so we see that, and we have compassion to that, and we hold that, and we nurture that. But then we see how can we become bigger. How can we really discover our gift that we came all here in this world to give? And how can we actually give it? And then we see that, you know, pleasure and orgasms and happiness <laughs> and open and ashamed sexuality, all of these things, they just fall into place. Yeah, but they are not a goal. They become a byproduct because when you live in total connection with yourself, you are naturally happy. You are naturally at peace. You are naturally living the life of your dreams. But most importantly is that you, you are really living in that surrender and in service and in love. 
Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So women can join you for your, for your, these are um, in-person trainings, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely check her out. <laughs> check those out. Um, this, it sounds everything here that you're sharing is so empowering and enlightening. I wonder if there's one thing, and this is this is wow, such a loaded question. I'm realizing as it coming off my my lips. But is there one thing that you would love to leave with our listeners today? If there's something that you, some little nugget that you want them to take with them as they move through the rest of their day. Well, conversation, and thank you so much for being an excellent interviewer and also bringing your experiences and your wisdom. Um, so I feel like we we gave a lot of uh, powerful information, and I feel like a big piece uh, was about uh, the getting out of the way, the trust, and the surrender. And uh, that might sound like, depending where you're at in your personal journey, those of you who are listening. Mm, that all might sound like whoa what is it or like okay maybe it sounds good but it's really not for me like i'm like freaking struggling to make my living or to make my relationship work or you know something like this Um, but i have to say that you know those things they they really are not yes yeah it's uh choose to be radical in this life and to really choose to um, find truth in this life. And truth, I mean, like really with a capital T, what is a real truth? Um, So it is a big deal, but it is really uh, at the very nature of each and every human being. So, yeah, I encourage you, you know, if, if it touches you, what you hear us speak about, follow that, lean into that. Yeah, mm-hmm. lean into that, um, like make yourself available to those things to come to you, like research, get inspired. Um, and uh, really, it's not a long way to travel. Yeah, And uh, happiness and joy and feeling fulfilled and feeling like you're walking your path, uh, it's your birthright. So mm-hmm. uh, lean into that and uh, for sure the guidance that is necessary will come. Oh, beautifully said. Oh, this was so awesome, Sophia. I'm glad that you could come and join us on here. How can people find more about you and find your programs and and how to connect with you? Uh, Well, we're very welcome on my website. It's uh, Sophia Sundari, Sophia with F, sundari.com. So there you will find all information about my online courses, online course that you mentioned before, Kat. Uh, Tantra, your initiation to sacred sexuality, and I have a bunch of other online courses, my book, my two schools, priestess school, Tantra Mystery School. So there's lots of information there. Plus, I have a really huge blog. I, I really write a lot and give away a lot of free information. And I'm very active on social media as well, on Instagram and Facebook. So, welcome to find me and get in touch. Yay. And I'll put all of that in the show notes so you all can find her with as much ease and grace as possible. Well, thank you again, Sophia. Thank you so much, Kat. It's been a joy to talk to you. Yeah. Lovers, I want to thank you also again for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, please head to eatplaysex.com, subscribe to the show and connect with us because our goal here is to eat, help you to eat, play and sex better. 
so you can improve your sex life, which as we talked about for the last 50 minutes, will improve every aspect of your life. And we'll see you next time on Eat, Play, Sex. Thanks for tuning in, lovers. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You can find out more about our guests and topics from our show by checking out eatplaysex.com. Until next time, don't forget to nourish your sex life.